Welcome to the HR Uprising podcast. This podcast series explores HR hot topics and challenges through conversations with relevant experts and real-life HR learning and OD professionals. The HR Uprising is about learning through collaboration and evidence-based action. We want colleagues to have the confidence and skills to rise up through their organizations by delivering real, lasting business value. Now, introducing your host, chartered psychologist, experienced change agent, entrepreneur, speaker, and coach, Lucinda Carney. Hello and welcome to this week's HR Uprising podcast. And I'm really delighted to say that I've got a masterclass this week. I'm working with Lisa Carver, who is an executive coach, and she's going to do a masterclass on returners. And by returners, she's um, done a, a series of research about maternity return to work and the impact on business um, and the risks, I guess, to business, but also highly relevant in these times. She's also looked at this in the context of furlough returners. So we're going to expand on her research and she's going to take us through that and the takeaways um, to help us get more out of well, to successfully bring people back, hopefully, into the workplace. Lisa, I'm going to, I can't do you justice, I don't think, in terms of explaining your, your biography and your background. Would you like to introduce yourself a bit as well? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah, so my name's, Lisa, <laughs> my name's Lisa Carver. Uh, my background is that I all, had always worked in the media sector within sales and leadership. I transitioned into coaching after getting my PGC in 2017 when I launched my executive coaching business. I have three children and so have personally returned to work three times and whilst i spend most of my time coaching leaders i have also coached a fair amount of maternity returners and people who are returning from long-term leave and i started to notice patterns in conversations at play groups you sort of look around and sometimes it can feel a little like a professional graveyard and it didn't take much to get people talking. It's a bit like if like somebody's birth story, for example, it doesn't take much to trigger a conversation and suddenly they open up. And I realized that a lot of people had a lot to say about returning to work and what went wrong and what could have been done better. At the same time, in parallel, I was talking to people in HR in the organisations where I was coaching about how they can support returners. And I was sort of saying, in my opinion and my experience and from the people I've coached, I think this, this and this. And I started to think, well... I, I wish I had a piece of research, which was, is not just my experience. This is the experience of many. And I can tell you, this is what people need and to be certain of that. So I launched a survey to, to essentially give those returners and those people that didn't return a platform to share their story, their anecdotes, um, and also to give constructive ideas if my company had done this this and this i would have returned if i could have had this if i'd realized then x y and z then i could have gone back into my career or you know i went back but i feel that i should have you know gone into a different area or this should have been listened to or if i'd known this so i wanted to find out that information i wanted some robust data 
So I launched a survey um, online. I collected um, responses. I was promoting it on um, Facebook groups and Instagram and LinkedIn. And I, I left it open for a year. I had 1,754 people respond to the survey. A lot of those people had been on maternity leave uh, twice or three times. Um, so collectively, there were 2,730 experiences of maternity leave and return. And those figures, yeah, those figures have helped me feel um, extremely confident in knowing what people need when they return to work. Now, obviously, every person's situation is different, but there are definitely common themes. Um, and whilst I've been analysing the research across the last six months, I've been able to kind of categorise and e extract date, um, extract things and rank things. So hopefully I can share some of that with, with you today. Definitely, because I think the headlines um, are quite scary really if you're if you, in terms of people listening to this it's, it's quite they were quite dramatic the sort of things that you were hearing from people which employers should take this very seriously um what, what were the headline findings okay so some of them yeah so for example um employees could actually retain 50 percent more of their returners if they improved their maternity and parental support and we found that it was especially pivotal on that first mat leave so if an employer can get that return to work support correct on that that first per on the person's first experience of maternity leave then they are most likely to stay for that for the duration of subsequent pregnancies but yes they they could re retain 50 percent more of so their they're returners. losing 50 were they actually losing 50% then? Is that oh, the kind of so, 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 so I asked the question, if you left that employer um, within two years of returning from maternity leave, did you do it because of the support during your leave and return? Right, and 50, half of those who Half left. of them did. So it's right. not that half of people leave, but of the people that left, you would have saved half of them basically. Got you. Okay. And the other, the other point, which and this was um, universal uh, across first, second, and third maternity leaves, is that ninety percent of people feel that their career progression was hindered after taking that period of leave. Interesting. You can get into where, why why there are fewer women in senior roles in that context, can't you? I guess. Mm. Which we won't go there. That's not the topic of this. <laughs> uh, so. Um, so it's, it's definitely worth us kind of focusing on this because we're losing people that we don't need to lose them because of how we're handling them. And you said also the, the you shared with me these really nice little coaching cards, guys, which people can get from your website. We'll give the details at the end, which are all about the emotions people experience. So that was one of your key findings, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, so we really deep dived into mindset and we did this um, because actually as a leader or HR person, understanding the journey that somebody goes on when they're on leave and return means that they, the way that they communicate um, will be appropriate and sensitive and supportive. And so we asked um, people, well, what does it feel like being on leave and returning to the workplace? We had, we asked people to submit keywords. We had close to 10,000 words submitted um, from all of our respondents. 
which we boiled, which were boiled down to 530 different words. We've split those into 50 groups. And on those coaching cards, there's sort of like 50 clusters of words, which you can use with anyone to actually evoke and have deep conversations about any type of change and how it might make them feel. But yeah, so from, from, those, from those mindset words that we collected, a quarter of those words submitted su- surrounded um, anxiety. So um, anxiety, worry, fear, nervousness, stressed. So it's that sort of perceived um, threat, I suppose. Um, uh, and given that you're quite senior and you go off and you, and you see these people being very competent in quite um, senior roles, yet they're having these emotions a lot of uh, there's a lot around anxiety potentially putting very face on it i guess so they might not have been anxious people before it's just this experience Mm. has brought that out in them that's right and i think it's i actually think we and we will we'll go into it a little bit later on maybe but i actually think it's a lot to do with the sort of silence that happens when you go on leave I mean, yeah. you've been spending eight hours a day, five days a week interacting uh, with a similar group of people, building relationships, and then suddenly there, there's nothing, um, which which is sort of, you are on leave, you're not supposed to be completely engaged when you're on leave. But it's a bit like, I suppose, having, um, being in a relationship with somebody, boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, you know, any type of relationship with somebody, and then saying, right, we're going to have a long distance relationship for a year. Um, and they say, yeah, 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 for, yeah, we're going to miss you so much. You know, we're, you know, so much, I'm going to give you a balloon, I'm going to give you a card, I'm going to give you a present. Um, like, we're going to miss you so, 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 so much. And then you go, you go and leave and suddenly it's nothing. There's yeah. no communication. And, um, and so with that void, with that silence, that's when that imposter can, can kind of creep in. It's a funny one, actually, because I've got a member of stuff on maternity and it's actually, you don't quite know what the right amount of contact is not to intrude. So absolutely, I mean, is, there, is there a kind of recommendation? Um, well, I, firstly, I think that is, that is a discussion to have with them before they go on leave. From what I got from the data and the, the stories and anecdotes that I collected in the report, um, Firstly, it's discussion to have before they go and leave. And I would suggest to them, um, you know, maybe we can have a chat once a quarter um, or it, maybe it's a month, once a month. But it doesn't have to be, um, you know, two hours blocked out in your diary. It's a 15 minute phone call, um, yeah. something like that. And also that person can also give like their personal email address um, to get all the company updates if they want it, that's got to be opt-in, opt-out, okay? And, and maybe they can get in contact with HR uh, like the last six months of their leave. Actually, I wouldn't mind getting the odd newsletter through without having to go onto their work email account and also be bombarded with, you know, thousands of other of other emails. But it's, yeah. it's I uh, what fuels those feelings of anxiety, worry, fear, and nervousness is, is that silence. It, it, oh, so, it's yeah, being okay. dropped. Um, so just to continue on those mindset um, words, um, there's also often a perception when people are on leave, oh, they've had a nice break. But actually the psychological load can be quite overwhelming even when you're on, on leave. I mean, maternity specifically, um, you're often juggling a lot, feeling like you're not succeeding in, in your parental role maybe, maybe st- struggling, feeling pressured, um, rushed or overwhelmed not sleeping 
not so yeah yeah absolutely it, it, the, the, you're carrying quite a lot and I mean if you've been on maternity leave you there are some people I'm sure who have idyllic times but there's a lot of people that are are feeling uh, quite pressured and the, and the other common experience common mindset and feeling is losing your confidence um, some of the words that keywords people submitted was insecure unconfident inadequate forgotten and so you know we always as maternity return coaches try to capture people's strengths and highlights before they go away on leave because it's, it's a you know create a one-page document that can be revisited what is that person famous for at work what's their superpower in the team because that, I like that term the superpower yeah so really kind of to so catch do it right when when they're at their peak before they disappear and then you've you've got it got it to come back to because you're still you, that same person uh, yeah yeah and, and actually but you you lose some of your belief in it so it's yeah. almost like writing a letter to yourself in the future <laughs> kind of yeah. thing before you go and leave and then the last thing, which I know loads of organisations are on top of, but it's a big thing, is just generally the, the mental health of the returner can take a real nosedive. Some of those words were depressed, sad, lonely, tired, failure, miserable, emotional. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's a big, uh, a big area yeah. that needs support. And, and, you know, I suppose the question is is when they're back within the organization how can you sort of support them to identify what's going on or encourage them to um, have communications outside of the workplace yeah i mean i think that's one of the things that um we were saying earlier wasn't it that's where the biggest overlap potentially is with people on furlough as well so okay maternity leave is a much longer period of time well let's hope it is than people are being furloughed for but that whole sort of mental health anxiety um supporting lots of line managers and hr professionals are going to have to try and help people through anxieties these sort of emotions when returning um, or well, still off, I guess. Mm. And I liked your point about identifying people's superpowers. I think that also works well for people who are on furlough to remind them that they're not out of sight. Is that you know this is what you're good at? You're still the team player. You're still that really positive person in the team. That you know, we, well, I mean, one of our guys who's off is we met, she organises the group, so it's all going to pot the organisation of different <laughs> meetings and things like that. You really um, miss those. But uh, I mean, have you got any other tips in terms of? how line managers or HR can support support people through these emotions or you know help them um the most important thing for people who are on any emotional journey really is to verbalize it yeah and it may be that they don't want to verbalize it with their line manager they may not want to verbalize it with anyone in the workplace I think, but it's just for that person to have somebody who they talk to. Um, and I think within the workplace, um, what's the responsibility for the workplace is actually is, you know, destigmatizing mental health issues. Yeah. And also if you can show um, 
have role models of people that have been on leave um, and gone back to it, whether for maternity or long-term sick or, you know, even people who have been on furlough leave who then come back and will say, actually, yeah, I felt a bit like this when I was away as well. And um, I found coming back really hard because of X, Y, and Z. But you've got somebody there who, if ideally in a, in a senior position, but maybe not in a senior position, that are, and so you don't have to hide those feelings. Okay, it can be something, you know, shine a light on it. And, um, you know, you can find some connectivity with other people that may also be going through it. Yeah, I mean, it's almost, I was thinking it's almost like induction, isn't it? Maybe having a buddy, setting out somewhere that you've got an intern support or something like that would be quite helpful. Absolutely. Something safe to talk to. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I've, um, so based from my research, I've written um, my re- report, which is called uh, Best Pat practice for supporting people on maternity leave um, but I've now also um, written a report which is called guidance for supporting furlough long-term leave and returners and there are 27 um, practical tips in there that organizations can adopt and one of those things is yeah like the buddy the buddy system oh, that's good. Um, yeah so if that's possible or as I say I'd like you know role models and and also maybe it's not a line manager it's somebody else who can kind of keep in contact with you it might be another peer on the team that rings you mm. and and sort of says oh, I just thought I'm on my lunch break I thought I'd give you a quick call and see how you're getting on or you know that kind of thing yeah does make you feel connected still mm. so in terms of the, the the ways in which we um well you've got your 27 tips i'm going to do, do we go into some of your tips there or do you want to talk about a bit about how communication how we should commu- communicate effectively pe- with people as returners yeah and actually that's the one i wanted to deep dive into really today because i think it's absolutely key to the success of the returner is how they're treated when they're on leave and there's a lot of people on leave or furlough at the moment and so not just the focus isn't just all about having successful return to work meetings and buddies when you get back into the workplace it's about how you communicate with them right now so yeah just to kind of as as we've sort of said um is having that open human dialogue because what can happen is you start communicating to them like the per people communicating to them are very aware of like the guidelines of what they can talk to them about and can't talk to them about and how things need to be written and you know all the restrictions and the conversation becomes quite stilted um i've had people say it felt like i was on a disciplinary um but uh, you know i was just i was just on leave but the way they were talking to me and it's because people are feel that maybe they feel they're walking on eggshells or there's like a fine line and i suppose it's to you can try and get that open human dialogue just human to human um because otherwise you've got that silence and it creates a space for anxiety and nerves to fill um mm. if you think about uh, taking that break in your in your relationship or having a long-term relationship with somebody um it doesn't mean that you can't talk anymore no because that just fuels feelings of being forgotten or being rejected or low or low morale or you know feeling less valued and you don't want it to just be all like policy driven. Like you say that, I can I can see how you know, it can feel really 
awkward because again people aren't quite sure how frequently to speak and then they have to give you a whole list of stuff out of your maternity policy or whatever it is so then that feels awkward because it's not the way you talk normally absolutely yeah yeah and i remember i was working with someone and she was saying that person was my boss for nine years like literally speaking to them all day every day and suddenly i it's really weird like he's not talking to me properly it's there's the warmth has gone out of the conversation i'm asking him some questions and he's you know and i feel like he's not answering properly and and suddenly you you think like hold on um am i as valued as i thought i was and something that we deep dive into in the report is is what are the barriers for returning to work like for that returner what is it that's stopping them feel feel ready um we identify eight barriers but just to deep dive into one of them um is identity and i think that is particularly relevant to people on furlough at the moment um that feeling of being uh actually potentially rejected um and so how do you appease that and i i think that's so that's through conversation i think that's human to human contact yeah, that is really important. And I, I, can, I, I mean, certainly having a child, becoming a mother is, is a, a major identity change, isn't it? Um, but the furlough thing I can really see because um, people can feel it makes some point about the importance of their job and therefore the importance of them. But it's not, it's, it's circumstances. Yeah, they have to say it's the circumstances that have meant that that particular role isn't yeah, it, it isn't, doesn't need to be done at the moment. If, you know, if you've shut a shop, mm. you, know, you, can't, you can't be in there. It doesn't mean that job isn't absolutely critical when business is operating as usual. It, um, but it's very easy for people almost to infer it's, it's about them as a person. The absolutely. Well, because, but, but, but as humans, we are like, we are programmed. Um, we are kind of like a little bit negative bias, aren't we? We're sort of programmed mm. to look out for threats. And um, therefore, you look at situations, you can often look at situations in uh, with, with glasses on that basically uh, help you conjure up um, feelings of not being valued or needed. I will say, you know, every situation is different because if you have somebody who is in the team of six and like two of them have been furloughed, you can see that they would feel rejected, not as needed as the others, disposable, forgotten, all of those feelings versus if you've got like, well, a third of the workforce and all of these divisions have been furloughed because you, there's some um, there's some comfort in numbers. Yeah. And then generally with maternity, you are just the one person as well going back into it. It is a, it's just happening to you. So you say you're, um, it's in, and it's for longer. So it's a in, more intense personal experience, I would have thought, in terms of the. Yeah. The, the, yeah. And, and, and obviously for in maternity, identity is a big thing because actually, um, uh, especially if it's first time maternity, it's like, oh, um, so I was like a professional doing this and now what am I a working parent and um, when I look at working parents what does that mean to me have I seen some positive examples of that or you know it's sort of a who am I now and then you've been on maternity leave and you've been that doting potentially that you know been that doting mother one-on-one -on -one with your child and then suddenly that's all switched again so identity I think is really pivotal um, and 
is very relevant on maternity, but also very relevant for furlough. And also yeah. people taking long-term leave for any other reason. Definitely. Um, communication is the key all the way through. We don't want to have a void of communication in, in terms of helping us with our sort of sense of identity, um, which applies whether on maternity leave or furlough. Um, what other things do you, do you advise in terms of the communication during this period? Yeah, I think digital communication um, also has its place. Um, having banged on about human dialogue, but as a as a, as a different layer. Um, you can you could ask people to give their personal email addresses if they're up for it um and give them an, a choice as to either opt in or opt out of receiving updates and let's be clear when you're on furlough you are not allowed to contribute to the commercial success of your organization or provide a service but you can still get updates on things that are happening on you know, I don't know, new customers that you've won or like how parts of the business are breaking into new territory or, you know, all of that information keeps your employee engaged um, on the journey with the rest of the team, even though they're not in the workplace. And I think it would be really important to give the employee the option to opt in or opt out of receiving that digital communication. And I say give the personal email address um, because it, then it allows them to not get involved in the day-to-day, -day, um, not to see any other emails come through. And it might be just, um, you know, an email that's sent out every two weeks on updates from us. It doesn't have to be long or extensive. It could be half a page of, you know, A4, just like highlights from the organisation for the last two weeks. But again, it's keeping that engagement if the employee wants it. Um, yeah. So, so I, I think that would be a really good technique to use. Uh, I would also say, if you can, don't keep them in the dark for longer than needed, because there's a fair amount of time, as we've discussed, for them to ruminate and wonder and think what's going to happen. If you have a hunch or a feeling or an idea that the you you know always like say you're sixty percent sure that that maybe there's a chance that they can come back from leave in the next month or something like that um, without promising I would communicate that to them um, because actually people need to get things organized um, whether that be childcare or other logistics or goodness knows what but it's also it gives them something else to hold on to so you're saying sort of, um, you, well, again, I suppose you can't over communicate, even if you're not entirely sure, give them an idea of the inkling of where you think things are going. Yeah. Uh, generally, if possible, because, and I suppose that's more, even more important with the furlough, because actually people have got, usually with maternity leave, the individual chooses when they come back. Whereas with a the furlough, then, um, well, we, we were saying earlier, the kids are probably still not going to be back at school. So there's a lot more to sort out if people are going back into a normal working pattern. Yeah, that's right. And I just think, you know, I mean, we're all on that roller coaster with with the government and they're saying, you know, it may be that um, that people are, that we do a phased return to work and different parts of society have different levels of um, social distancing. You know, they, they, they've not promised anything. Is it, this may be a strategy we take, we're looking into that. Well, it, 
inform the employee of what journey you're on and what things you're considering. Um, keep that communication open. If you think about where we are now on this whole lockdown, um, we're having daily communication, basically, through the media as to what's being done and, you know, when the schools might go back and when this and that might happen and they're not promises but you feel informed and that's part of um, one of those motivational factors when you're at work is actually feeling informed and connected and um, yeah sort of on that journey uh, with the team rather than if you were just at home and it was like no sorry you're on lockdown and we'll just communicate with you when you're allowed out the day before yeah (laughs) yeah it's like Yeah. yeah yeah So, yeah, it seems like common sense, doesn't it? But they're not always, it doesn't always come naturally to people, that kind of thing. So that awareness of actually keep communicating. It's a particularly stressful time, isn't it? And it is yeah. unprecedented. And so there isn't, there isn't a previous experience that we can call on. But I feel like this report, this, this data, I think can potentially help people with a successful return back to the workplace after, after any period of leave. Um, the other thing um, we talked about earlier is um, a deep dive into those mindset words is increasing the emotional intelligence of the line manager or HR or that person who is making that communication with the person on leave. Um, I th- for them to be genuinely like empathetic, understanding, receptive, um, you know, listening effectively, it, it, I think if you can educate them to understand what that person might be going through um those those emotions that come up when people are experiencing change that sort of emotional journey um that people go through if if the person that line manager has an understanding of that um and just to be a little bit sensitive i mean quite often when you are talking about people going back to work you're dealing with someone that are that isn't at their emotionally at their strongest um And that's particularly relevant in in maternity leave because quite often you've got to negotiate your return to work. You've put in a flex working request and you need to negotiate and, you know, state why you think this is going to be the right thing for your job role. But actually, psychologically, you could have really low confidence at that time. So just to be mindful of what that employee is going through. Yeah, because if you've been in the workplace carrying on and they've been out, they've been on a completely different journey and you, you've kind of stayed at the same level and they're coming back in, you assume, unless you, without think, if you don't think about it, that they're going to just come back in in the same way as they left off. You forget that whole sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, but actually... Having they, been on both sides of it, yeah. Yeah, but actually when they come back, they could have a whole different script going through their head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and and so yeah all of these points about communication should um help support that um that that returner um and their the journey that they go on to make them feel continue to feel connected and then my last point keys into that as well is to support them to maintain so their social network with their colleagues now um, it may be uh, whatever you're doing within your organisation, like a checking in and checking out call at the beginning and end of the week, whatever you're doing, you can actually involve those people on furlough in that call. Um, even if it's just like, you know, anecdotal, like 
everyone share like something funny you've done this week or an anecdote or something like that you can keep that social network going or maybe there's a separate call um that, that happens for that um or if you have a lot of people on furlough you could they could all connect okay so yeah. i mean it's difficult you don't want to necessarily create like two tribes but that's better than having one tribe and then everyone else feeling excluded um at least yeah. then they've kind of got that peer-to-peer -peer, like sort of like me too or i feel a little bit like that as well um yeah. they can boost each other up Cool. So it's really it's like keeping it connected, and there's so many parallels between the two, the two levels really, aren't there? In terms of the type of leave, so for people, so we need um, managers and HR more than ever to be really people oriented rather than task oriented. I think we've had to learn to be more people oriented in the lockdown. Um, you know, had to sort of have more empathy for people set up and kids where it haven't been, it's not been possible to just compartmentalize work. And we're saying it's really, this is something, these skills, we'll need them, we'll need them anyway when we go back to work. But with returners, with furlough, we've got to have a, a nod to both furlough and to map leave returners. The, the mental state is the the, uh, the emotional journey that people have been on and you don't necessarily know where they are in that emotional journey and it's how we have that sensitivity mm. to to them so that we can respond and of course the key thing is if we don't do it well then actually they may not not come back at all we may lose them there may well be hordes of people who feel they were badly treated on furlough who will just go somewhere else so which provides more issues for people and same with mat leave in terms of people leaving that's right yeah i mean um yeah i feel like because i mean i'm probably on a lot of those um forums that you're on a lot of those hr forums and i feel like it has been very task orientated because it's had to be i mean mm. literally it, it, you know different for every organization but it has been you know crisis management what are we going to do it's been very much focused on the practical task and um, how yeah, the you process the process and how you do things properly and and like um you know what you put in writing and on all of that so but i i think that dust is settling now and i and i feel actually the focus has to be should now be on that more human emotional side um because I, otherwise i mean life is going to change after this anyway um and you know business models are going to change but actually you want the right people on your team um so you know you want to retain those key players that are on furlough absolutely and and the key and and you'll put i suppose the key and the key is you need to them to feel understood feel valued and mm. be prepared as a manager your point about eq to be able to put your self in their shoes and understand it from their perspective as to how they're feeling um, whether they will choose to explain it all to you or not it's hard to say but the point is you want people to be talking about talking about how they're feeling that's that's going to help them the most yeah absolutely and if they can't do it with hr or a line manager if they can do it with their peers it, it's 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 something and i think with, there are you know I've, I've been able to draw a fair amount of parallels between maternity and furlough but they are actually fundamentally different because yes you know furlough very easy to look at that as being rejected um it's not it wasn't your choice it's happened to you um so maternity is very different and therefore what's even more important during this time 
more than maternity is um, letting people know that they are still valued, they are needed, um, that they that that you verbalise to them who what their strengths are and why you need them back, um, and you know. You what know, their what that, superpowers are yeah yeah like i think everyone should go out and find out that you know, in their team what the superpowers of all the i'm going to think what are the superpowers of each of the people in my team and it's quite a nice um a nice angle well, it's a nice angle because actually that's my i'm a book i've got a book plug my book on that it's about change superhero so i like the concept of what superpowers <laughs> in that but i think it's just so positive positive what makes people special and mm. that will go quite a long way to make people feel valued absolutely so that's good so any closing, I feel that we've gone through the emotional journey of it. We know there's barriers to um, return, which we, you've identified one of them. And, and all of this is available in your report. We'll give links to your, I'll get you to explain where everything can be downloaded if people want the report, because it's quite a tome, isn't it? Um, and we've talked about the importance, really the critical importance of staying in touch, communication style and having an understanding of people's um, mindset, potential mindset. So any other takeaways that you, you'd want to close on? So flexible working is still very important and very relevant. Um, considering phased returns, we may be we may need to do that anyway. But generally, people have had a lot of upheaval to get into this furlough situation, and it, there will be upheaval getting out of it as well. So mm. flex working and looking at that whole the whole new way of, of working, like home less presenteeism, um, you know, every you know everything. So flex is still very very, very important and relevant to supporting a successful return. Actually, I, I just, I just made me think there. I wonder whether you know sometimes when people ask for flexible working and it's turned down, say their job can't be done remotely. That's going to be blown out of the water a bit now, hasn't it? Oh my gosh! <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, it will be. But I mean, I think it's good. I think there's there's organisations questioning whether they need as many offices as they did before. Mm. You know, business models are changing. Uh, and you know i'm also working with another couple of people uh, we've got a partnership and we are um looking at ways we can support businesses that want to innovate so i'm i'm there as the sort of executive um change coach on a sort of more one-to-one -one level then we have somebody who is an expert on taking uh, taking teams through change and then we have another person who's an expert on innovation in terms of processes and infrastructure but because think you know we're going to be looking at things from a different angle now so mm. so so yeah, the flex working is really important, still important. Having a return to work infrastructure. So this is something that people can work out now. So when people return from furlough, what's going to be the things that, that what's what's the process they're going to go through? They're going to have a return to work meeting. Um, we're then going to make sure that for the first I don't know three months that there's one to ones or whatever whatever you're going to put in place. There might be a return to work kit. Um, you know that you send home and somebody can digest at home before they walk back into the workplace what, whatever it is defining what that infrastructure might be start working on that thinking about that um equal progression for people and development opportunities and oh that's another key thing that can happen while people are on furlough is they can um they can get involved in training and that's a yeah. really really um powerful thing that an organization could offer because that really is not just not just words it's actions that shows them we still really value you we've actually set up some like remote training you can 
you don't have to do it, but it's there because actually, um, you know, you're still pivotal to the business and we're still investing in you. So that's really important. Um, Coaching support, whether that be peer-to-peer with your line manager, using an external coach, but or, or a virtual coach even um, coaching support can be really powerful. Just giving people time to articulate uh, what their barriers are and where they and where they need support um, and identify their superpowers. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, and as we said, we also touched on role models, bu- um, buddies, and networks internally. Yeah, brilliant. So. Lots of practical things that we can do. And I say you've got more of those. In terms of that, so thanks ever so much, Lisa. I think it's a really interesting topic, this. Um, would you be able to tell people where they could download your reports or get access to your, and, and know more about you and like, or even find your coaching change cards? I'll have to take a picture of these. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, you can go to my website, which is www.carvercoaching.co.uk. And there's a resources page, so forward slash resources and on there you can download um the managing the best practice for managing maternity um you can also download the report relevant to this which is um guidance for supporting furlough long-term leave and returners there's the coaching cards um and i've also got like a return to work uh, model which organizations can embed onto their website um so returners of any type maybe they've taken a huge career break can go online and sort of assess uh, where their barriers are and create some actions to sort of start working through um, whatever may be holding them back. Brilliant. Great stuff. And we'll put all of those links as ever in the show notes. So that's great. Lisa, thanks so much. Good good luck with the rest of lockdown. This is going to go out on the 4th of May. We're recording this on the 24th of April. (laughs) What will have happened between those points? (laughs) (laughs) So that's great. Thanks so much. And thanks everybody here for listening to the HR Uprising podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the HR Uprising podcast. You can access more information, including resources or links mentioned in the show at our website, www.hruprising.com. Also, you might want to join our LinkedIn community or tweet to us at HR Uprising. We'd love to hear from you.